You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Amen. Open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 51. Uh, I'm not going to waste a lot of time today as we get into our text. There's an urgency to today's service. There's a supernatural opportunity to today's service. There's a seriousness to today's service, and here's the bottom line. I'm not sure what you came to church today. I'm not sure what you're expecting, but here's the bottom line, ready? God wants your heart. God wants your heart. He's brought Psalm 51 to your attention today because he's going after your heart. Uh, I just, I, I love, I love reminding myself and you of how personal our God is, that he's come for you today. I mean, Psalm 51 The context you should know is David in his sin with Bathsheba, his adultery, he arranged the murder um, of Bathsheba's husband Uriah, and he was confronted by Nathan and called on his sin, and he is busted. He is broken, and his brokenness leads to a massive desperation for God. He's a man after God's own heart. He had strayed and now God is calling him back and God wants his heart and is getting David's heart in full to restore him back to himself by grace and mercy. It's one of the most powerful Psalms there is. It's a passage we gotta return to again and again. It's so important. It's so serious. It's so life-giving. It's so pertinent to our lives every day and I think especially right now. Our passage today becomes a powerful prayer for renewal. It's a powerful prayer for renewal that is only found in God, in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. We will not find renewal anywhere else. In verses 1 to 6 of Psalm 51, there's a foundation that is laid of confession and repentance The spirit in David leading him to return to God. Why is confession and repentance so important? Here's why. Listen carefully, okay? This is so, so key. Before any great work of God, there is always a movement of confession and repentance of individuals corporately coming together. You will not see the fruit of God without a heart that seriously wants to confess and repent before God. You have to take out the trash before you can fill your temple with the things of righteousness from God. You have to clear the table, clear the desk of all the crud and all the distractions and the filth before you can set the table for a meal that is hungering and thirsting for righteousness. This must be done. This is what's happening in verses 1 to 6. David crying out for God to cleanse him and forgive him and to see him again in a place of true brokenness and forgiveness. I want you to see within our text today too, repentance is so powerful because repentance ushers in a brokenness. When's the last time you've been sincerely broken over sin? Please, oh God, Holy Spirit, gift us with repentance that leads us to brokenness. Why? Because brokenness over sin is irresistible to the heart of God. Psalm 51 verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. God opposes the proud. He cannot resist the broken and humble. This is the opportunity. This is David, busted, 
broken, melting, humiliated, humbled, hungry, surrendered, deeply desirous for the work of God to return to his life. God, change my heart, he says. Change my heart. God, change hearts today. By your spirit, God, lead so many to come to you that hearts may be changed and sin laid on the altar again that Christ may take it and forgive you once again and restore his power and strength and spirit to your life. I'm telling you, today is such an important day and the Holy Spirit wants to see so much happen in our lives, but Holy Spirit, nothing happens apart from you. Nothing happens apart from you. I woke up this morning and just like focused in prayer, praying a lot this week, man, and just saying, Father, just said, Father, you and I both know nothing happens today apart from you. Nothing. Father, you and I both know nothing happens today unless you decide it's going to. But we beg you that it would. We beg you that you would choose to save and you would choose to sanctify and you would choose to set people free and you would choose to cleanse. You have to know this too, our subject matter today, there's really, there's no more important subject matter you will face, maybe ever. For sure, it is so much more important than your career. It is a hundred times more important than your career. It is more important than paying your bills. It is infinitely more important than your earthly wealth and money today. It's, it's infinitely more important than that. It is so more important than your education. It is so more important than your personal security. It is so more important than your physical health. It's so, so way more. What good is physical health if your spiritual health is all messed up and ruined? Listen, it is more important than your family. It is. Because if you get today wrong, everything starts to fall apart. If you get today right, it doesn't make life easier. It means life comes together under the will of God. You give God a heart broken and able to be molded by him, and you will see a heart that is blessed, a heart that is filled with joy, and a heart that bears fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why God wants your heart and mine. When he has our hearts, he has everything. And this is the very heart of Psalm 51. Again, I want us to look at our passage, and then when we begin to unpack it today, lead us and help us, Holy Spirit. Look at verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. What a verse that is. Look at that verse 8. Let me hear joy and gladness with the bones that you have broken. Some broken bones here today. Uh, uh, souls that are crushed in sin. And trial, let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, yes, Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. What a passage. And uphold me with a willing spirit. This is a prayer for renewal. It is, it is astoundingly beautiful and is packed with potential. The first part of this prayer, notice, is this. Please, O Lord, wash me clean. Number one, please, O Lord, wash me clean. 
Look at verse 10, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This, who alone can take a heart of stone and cause it to become a heart of flesh? Who alone can change the leper's spots and melt a heart of stone? Who alone can take a wretched heart of sin and cause it to become a heart of righteousness? Who can do that? You can't, I can't. There's only one who can. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one who can create a clean heart. Therefore, do not miss David's words. They are too important and so beautiful. He says, God, create in me a clean heart, O God. So notice here, again, a clean heart is only made possible by God. A heart is not cleansed by man's striving. A heart is not cleansed by religious behavior. There are so many people in our world still, and maybe here today, you think you can cleanse your life by your external religious behavior. Impossible. No one's heart is cleansed by human psychology. It doesn't work. It never has. It never will. The only way a heart is truly cleansed is by the Holy Spirit of God doing the work through Jesus Christ by the will of God the Father. And what does God create from? David says, create in me a clean heart. God creates out of nothing. Meaning God doesn't take some of us and use it. No, he takes all of him and puts it in us. I mean, think of the imagery of Scripture all over the place. What are we by ourselves? We have filthy rags, the Scripture says. We are stained in sin. Christ comes. We believe in him by grace through faith. He removes our filthy rags and gives us, 100% by his grace and mercy and love, robes of righteousness and perfection. Not us, him. Only God can create a clean heart. And notice in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. What does that tell us? Every person who genuinely loves Christ, listen, listen, is a person truly seeking his purity and his holiness. If you, if, if you genuinely love Jesus Christ, then you want to be clean, you want to pursue purity. You can't stand to stay in the muck and the mire and the sin that wrecks your heart and ruins your life. You you can't stay there. You have moments, I have moments, but you can't stay there because of Christ in you. And there's the longing to be cleansed. David messed up. David sinned in a serious fashion. David was confronted and his heart is quickened and immediately God cleansed my heart. It doesn't mean we don't mess up. It means when we do, where do we turn? And this is where David is such a model for us in his heart, after God's heart, to see his heart cleansed. Only God can create a clean heart. But our job, listen, our job is to long for it. Our job is to beg God for it. Our job is to ask him, oh God, create in me a clean heart. And this is why we so desperately need a visitation of the Holy Spirit. 
We so desperately need the Spirit of God to fill our lives, to come into this place as temples of the Holy Spirit, to bring renewal, to bring cleansing, to revive the church. It's only by the Spirit of God. We are so desperate for him to do the work that only he can do. Today, Holy Spirit, would you be moving and transforming and changing and renewing? Look at verse 7 now. David says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. The hyssop bush was used in the Old Testament for ceremonial cleansing of lepers. The priest would take the hyssop and sprinkle the leper seven times, declaring him to be clean. And David says here, oh God, you must purge me of my sin. You must wash me. Why? Because, Lord, when you wash me, the text says, I will be whiter than snow. It's kind of a difficult time of year for us to imagine snow. We kind of shudder at snow. We don't want to think about snow. I'm with you. I'm with you. But when you think about when snow does fall, and at least we can see it in our land, and the fresh blanket of snow, what is more pure and more white and more beautiful and a symbol of purity than fresh fallen snow? This is what David says. David says, when you clean my heart, Lord, you will wash me, make me whiter than snow. What a prayer. Wash me clean. Who's that for today? It's for all of us today. I was thinking about that phrase in the scripture, whiter than snow. I thought of the beautiful little chorus hymn. Just one of the parts of it, just, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood. The blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Let's sing it again. Oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Oh, God, creating me a clean heart. Oh, God, wash me and purge me. May you think about the reality of the gospel in our lives. And this, this is why I hate sin so much. This is why I hate sin. This is why I hate my sin. I hate my sin. I hate my sin. It defiles me, it defiles us. It brings misery upon me, it brings misery upon us. It places filth on me, it places filth all over us. Sin ruins my life, it ruins your life. Sin stains me, it stains us. Sin always messes everything up. It just ruins everything. The sin that's just wreaked havoc in marriages. The sin that's destroyed homes. The sin that has ruined relationships. The sin that has literally caused people to die. We continue to go down a path of habitual and unrepentant sin. It, it just, it's devastating. I hate sin. I hate my sin. I can't wait to be freed once and for all from this battle of sin. And here is David. David saying, God, wash me from the sin that is ruining my life. 
And see, for us as a church right now, and here's what I know, man, you don't get to hear messages like this a lot in the church these days. This is sadly uncommon. This is so desperately needed. It is so needed to put ourselves bowing before the altar and asking the Lord to do only he can do, to confess, to repent, to admit. There is so much apathy. There is so much worldliness. There is so much stubbornness. There is so much pride. There is so much bitterness. There is so much lust. There is so much impurity. There is so much idolatry here in this room right now. And all of it grieves the Holy Spirit of God. But he wants to love us back to him. And he wants to cleanse our hearts again back to him. And he wants to renew us in him. And then he will do extraordinary things. It's what he's always done. It's what he'll continue to do. We have to pray and cry out, God, create in us, cleanse us, our hearts, Lord, before you. Even today, maybe corporately right now, we admit and we join together, Lord, take our sin, cleanse us, take our pride, take our sexual sin, take our perversion, take our greed, take our lust, take our bitterness, take our anger, take our unforgiveness, take our selfishness, take our vanity, our idolatry, our jealousy, our hate, our materialism, our envy, take our profanity, take our drunkenness, take our drug addictions, take our hypocrisy, take our laziness, take our self-righteousness. Oh God, oh God, I, we need a clean heart. And you're the only one, oh God, who can do it. I love so much in scripture here. You see this text, David's authenticity, his authenticity and genuineness. Look, it's right before us. This passage is incredible. Here's the Bible showing us a real life, a real example. He failed. He sinned. He messed up. He committed adultery. He murdered. But he's returning back to God. He's desperate to get closer to God. The Spirit of God leading him, he knows he's, he's failed, but he knows God is a God of grace and mercy and love. And he wants his heart back to where it belongs. Notice David is not in the psalm saying, save me. David in the psalm is saying, cleanse me. I trust you know, let me be perfectly clear though, to remind ourselves the moment of genuine conversion in Jesus Christ, the penalty of sin is forever removed. We are declared innocent by God as judge. That sentence will never, ever be overturned. We are justified in his sight. However, the moment we are justified for our sin in Jesus Christ because of Christ is the moment the battle of sin begins and rages all the way until we get to heaven or Christ returns. Just because we're declared innocent of sin doesn't mean we're free from the battle of sin. In fact, we double, triple down on the battle of sin as moments we're alive in Jesus Christ because of the flesh and Satan that desires to see us sin and ruin our lives and to ruin the name of Jesus Christ. So the battle for sin is on. And as a genuine believer, if our sin remains unchecked and unrepented of, then what happens is, spiritually speaking, we clog the spiritual drain of the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives. That's what sin does. 
If you've been around here for any time at all listening to my preaching, you know how much I love metaphors of cleansing things as a metaphor for sin. A couple of weeks ago, I had the absolute privilege of using a power washer. And I was like in the process of, of cleaning a deck and I was astounded. And when I looked at it, it doesn't look so bad. And I start using the power pressure washer and all of a sudden, it's like, it's like the grime, the dirt, the filth, the disgusting, and like the difference between what was left untreated and now what was pressure washed. I looked, I'm like, that is incredible, the difference. It looked like new. Family meeting, get out here. Another, another metaphor for what sin does to our lives. Come look. It is awesome. I had an extraordinary amount of pleasure doing that chore. I, lo- I, I Honestly, I love illustrations and metaphors in life like that because it just, it quickens my heart to say, if I live an unrepented life, if I have sin unchecked, then the grime, the filth, the dirt that covers my heart and starts to steal my joy and ruin my affections for Jesus Christ. Man, Lord, I gotta repent to see that wash clean. It's the same reason so much I'm so passionate about when a drain gets clogged in the house. We have six people in our home. And certain drains, they get clogged. And that's kind of gross, isn't it? And you know when you go and reach down that drain, and I've said this before too, and just it's the black, disgusting filth, which is our DNA, which is a perfect example, illustration of the sin that is within. And it clogs it up, and it becomes stagnant, and there's no flow. And you have to get some system of cleansing that drain, liquid drain, oh, praise the Lord. It might be a snake, whatever it is. You go down there, and you clear it out. And all of a sudden, the water is allowed to flow once again. But you have to clean out the crud in order to let the flow of the water go through that it may reach its destination. Jesus was onto this when Jesus said in John chapter 7, if anyone thirsts, and that's the thing, who's thirsty today? Who's thirsty for more today? Who's not satisfied with where you are? Who's not spiritually content in terms of you haven't arrived and you need more of Jesus Christ and there's more he wants to do in your life? That you're not okay with just playing games in the world. You're not okay with going through the motions. You're not okay with sipping all these kind of drinks that the world is providing and all this different stuff that we're involved with. You're not okay. You're thirsty for Christ. And you know there's more for you as I know there's more for me. This is why this is such a battle. If you genuinely thirst, you come to Christ. Only Christ can give you the drink of living water. Only Christ. You don't come to the world. You don't come to your hobby. You don't come to, again, some entertainment. You don't come to your, you come to Christ. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers. Cleansed from sin and the flow of rivers of living water. Look what he says here. And he said this about the spirit. The Holy Spirit, the flow, rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit. David's unclogging his drain. His heart is being pressure washed and he, he will not be the same. He messed up. He's returning to the things of the Lord. This is what David knows. Lord, you have to wash me clean. Secondly, please, O oh Lord, let me hear joy. I love, I love verse eight. Let me hear joy. Who's this for today? Look at verse eight. Let me hear joy and gladness of the bones that you have broken. Rejoice. Let me hear joy and gladness, the bones that you have broken. So David now is anticipating the blessing of a clean heart. 
And he knows this, a clean heart is a joyful heart. A clean heart is packed with joy. Notice first the phrase that the bones that you have broken. This is the effect of sin. Notice the bones, like deep, deep into our soul. Sin makes us feel crushed. Sin puts such a weight on us if it's not dealt with. So interesting, Psalm 32 Many scholars suggest this is the context of David's sin with Bathsheba as well. For sure it's the context of sin. Notice what David says here, so powerful. When I kept silent, meaning when I did not repent, when I did not deal with my sin, when I ran away from God, when I stubbornly refused to acknowledge my position before God in terms of dealing with my sin, when I did not repent, listen, listen to the effect, my bones wasted away. I groaned all day long. Isn't that so true? Sin does, eh? Sin, when it sits upon us and we don't deal with it, we don't confess it, we're always trying to, and by the way, this whole message right now, this is so important. Don't think about someone else's sin. This is you and God right now. It's you before God. It's me before God. This isn't about someone else that you wish was here or someone else sitting near to you. That's not what it's about. It's you and God right now. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. So right now in this room right now, people listening, the hand of God is heavy. And, 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 and you're not comfortable. And your conscience is stricken. And your strength has faded. What is that? That's God's heavy hand of love, of discipline to get you to come back to him where life and satisfaction and true joy is found. But there's more. Look at David. Like This is brilliant imagery. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Now that is fitting for this time of year. I mean, August has been a very hot month, has it not? It's been a very hot month. I mean, the the humidex and always have been often, you know, so many days this month, well above 30. I think that's returning tomorrow as well, I understand. I think even today we walk out of the service, we might feel some of that. I don't know about you, man, but in the high humidity and the heat of summer, it doesn't take long for me just to feel exhausted. Like you go do certain things and just, it saps your strength and energy. I mean, I was down, I said, visiting my brother-in-law's family in early July in Alabama. And I mean, you want to talk about a hot summer. I mean, I was down there, but by the third day, I felt physically sick. Like, just, I'm just not used to it. Just the, the, the heat was relentless. And physically, I just, I just, it was so oppressive. That's what sin does to us. Sin left unchecked, it just starts to suck the life out of us. It's why we must be renewed in the Lord. This is the impact of sin. It sucks our life. It clogs our drain. But notice David here. It's just so beautiful. But let me hear joy and gladness. Let me hear joy and gladness. The joy and gladness of what? The joy of forgiveness. Of forgiveness. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. How beautiful that is. This is why repentance is so powerful. See, sin places away, forgiveness releases it. Sin shrouds us in darkness, forgiveness ushers in light. Sin brings misery, forgiveness equals joy. Sin estranges us from God, quenches God's spirit, forgiveness restores us to God. See, the power of brokenness 
before God as a sacrifice that restores our joy. See, the power of purity, man. Impurity ruins us. Purity is the fruit of being restored to the Lord. Let me hear joy. Oh, man, I've said verse 8 so many times in recent weeks. So beautiful. But there's more. Thirdly, prayer for renewal. Please, O Lord, renew me from within. Please, O Lord, renew me from within. Look at verse 10 now. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew, renew a right spirit within me. Renew our right spirit. Renew here is such a beautiful word. It means to restore, repair, renovate, reconstruct. The idea is to make like new. It implies a, a restoration to a former state. Think about that. That is, that is so beautiful. Something has faded. It is restored to the quality and the beauty of how it was originally found. So, God, renew a right spirit. Renovate a right spirit within me. I thought of how much we are obsessed with the renovation of our homes. That industry, the, the time, the effort, the money, the obsession... The distraction. Can you imagine the time that we spend on such projects and the renovation of physical dwelling places? Imagine if we took a fraction of that time to the renovation of our spiritual hearts. Can you imagine? And that's what we're trying to do today. Take a few moments to look at the renovation of the heart. And here, see, here's what I know. And here's what I believe you know too. If your heart is truly renovated by the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit today and is cleansed, that will give you, that will give you more joy, more satisfaction, more peace, more light, and more love than every physical home renovated in the world combined. I believe that and I believe you believe that. So why then are we so obsessed with the physical and we keep denying the spiritual and the internal of what actually matters? That's the challenge today. Maybe your starting point today is to repent of being so obsessed with the renovations of a physical home and neglecting the renovation of your heart. God could care less about the physical home as opposed to the reality and the state of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And soul and mind and strength. matters. It matters a ton. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And then look at, look, at, look at verse 11. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. This is so important. David knows that renewal is impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. 
Renewal is not something that's manufactured. Listen, renewal is something that is begged for. It's something that is begged for. David here in verse 11, he's not concerned about losing his salvation. He's desperate for the power of God to return to his life. He's not concerned about losing his salvation. He so much wants the Holy Spirit of God to fill his life once again. He, he has known it previously, and he wants him, the Holy Spirit, he wants him back. Many of you here right now, you can think of times in your life where you were fired up for Jesus Christ. You can reflect upon years past that you had a passion, a fervency for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can think of times when he was the first priority and you were pursuing him, loving him. But what happens over time, sin subtly creeps in, doesn't it? The things of the world start to take over our heart. Our priorities start to get changed. All of a sudden, God becomes one compartment of many in our lives. And then all of a sudden, our affections start to dwindle. And our direction starts to wander. And our joy starts to be removed. But you're here today because God wants your heart and mine. And he's coming after us because he loves us. And we're joining with David to say, I got to be renewed within. You know what's amazing to me? Do you know what's tragic to me? It's how many Christians have such a low expectation of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It saddens me so much. How many churches have such a low expectation and anticipation of the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Take nothing for granted today. Do you, do you know? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you long for the Holy Spirit? Do you sing to the Holy Spirit? Do you recognize that without the presence, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit, there will be no fruit from our lives? He is the game changer. Holy Spirit, we love you. We need you so much. We need you so much. This church needs you so much. Fill us. Fill us, oh God, with your spirit. Renew us, oh God, by your spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. What a powerful prayer of renewal. And lastly and fourthly, please, O oh Lord, revive my heart then. Revive my heart. Look at verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Wow. Notice renew and now restore. David is longing for something he had previously known. He wants to be revived. That the joy of God's salvation in his life would be restored. He has known it in the past. Can't you relate to this? He has known the joy of salvation in the past. But that has been diminished. He wants it back. He wants the joy of his salvation to be revived. And I believe he's going to get it by God's grace. Through repentance, confession, and cleansing. 
Isn't it interesting? The cleansed heart most understands that it's a saved heart. The heart that is cleansed, no, it's the heart that's been saved from all sin. And that is the heart that is thankful, and that is a heart that is filled with joy. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Revive my heart, Lord. And I want you to see this in the text. You might have missed it. Notice where there's true renewal and revival. Notice then that leads to a refusal. What do you mean refusal? Look at verse 10. And renew a right, steadfast spirit. A right or steadfast spirit within me. See that? When I am renewed, God gives me a steadfast spirit to not give up. Verse 12. And uphold me as I'm renewed and restored to the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. A willingness to press on. A willingness to persevere. A willingness to walk the narrow road. A willingness to take up my cross. A willingness to live at a cost. A willingness to swim upstream. A willingness to be persecuted. A willingness to not be liked. A willingness to follow Christ. A willingness to long for his return. A willingness to not capitulate to culture. A willingness to fight the good fight. You see, you see what's happening here? When my heart is cleansed and I'm renewed and filled by God's spirit, well, of course then, I am now filled with a refusal to give up. The number one reason pastors fail and quit, their relationship with God starts to dwindle. They have no intimacy with Christ. They have no prayer life. They have no relationship. There's no, there's no power and strength. And they start to fade and they give up. Of course they do because they are not renewed. They're not cleansed. They're not abiding. They don't have the power of God. And so they throw in the towel. But here you are renewed and you press on. You are upheld by God with a willing spirit by his grace. Who's that for today? The refusal to give up. Listen so carefully, loved ones. God, God wants your heart. It's so clear, isn't it? And he's calling for your heart today. Maybe let's just be so honest right now. For many, our sin has weighed too heavy for too long. Too heavy for too long. The lies of the enemy have been listened to for too long. The futility of the world has quenched the spirit of God for too long. It's time for a change. I love trash day. It's another metaphor in my life I love. You know this about me. I love taking trash to the curb. Good riddance, trash. You're gross. Bye-bye. Today is trash day. For many of us, for the first time maybe in way too long, it is time to take your trash to the curb. Once and for all, get rid of that stuff that is ruining your life. Don't focus on someone around you. You and God, me and God. Deal with yourself. Take the trash to the curb and watch the renewal and the blessing begin 
to flow. The prayer and the promises are all right here. Now it's a matter of how will we respond. I love your attention so much today, and I'm very, very, very thankful for a hard message in many ways, but I believe an absolutely essential and life-giving and massively important message for our church. Massively important to the Lord. And so I'm going to ask right now if we would just bow our heads and just be still where we are. And I just want you to pray as the worship team comes out. I, I just want you to pray. I, I've said a lot now. I want you to listen and to speak to God. What has he revealed to you so clearly? I want us to feel the urgency of being cleansed. I want us to see the absolute grace of his love and forgiveness as well. Wash me. Let me hear joy. Renew me from within. Revive my heart. song that we are singing that's always especially chosen to fit with our text. I'm going to ask that you use this song as a response in your heart and life. Holy Spirit, take over Hope Bible Church in Jesus' name. Take over Find us surrendered, broken, repentant, weak, hands raised in surrender, filled with dependence and desperation. Forgive us, O oh God. Forgive us. And now cleanse us.